Matthew chapter 21, let's read here. And I want to begin reading in verse 21. And he says, And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ash tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught, Unto you ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches. This is where we get that phrase, Palm Sunday. This is Christ triumphantly entering into Jerusalem here. It was a fulfillment of prophecy. The people were looking for a king. They were going to try to make him a king. But yet he was presented as a lamb. He says, And the multitudes went before, and that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna! To the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now look what happens here. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now look what Jesus does the first thing he does. I found it ironic. So actually what I'm preaching is really biblical on cleansing the house or how to behave in the house of God. And you will find that God, right before he does something big, he'll do a purging. There'll be a moving. Watch this. And Jesus went into the temple of God and he cast out all them that sold. That's a people group, the sellers. And bought, that's another people group, the buyers. And he says, in the temple, and then overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And here's what he had to say. He begins to preach and said unto them, it is written. Oh, I love it. The Lord was a biblicist. He says, your Bible says, he says, it's written my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests, that's that religious crowd, and the scribes, they saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple. I told you it's biblical to have children in the services then praising God. I'm not off my rocker to have these little kids singing songs. And, and I don't care if they sing the B-I-B-L-E a hundred thousand more times. It's okay because it's praise and honor to our Savior. And right here you find when God cleanses the house, the little children coming back in and they have a place in the service where the Lord is and they're singing 
praises, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were sore displeased. The, the, that Pharisee crowd, I, I heard, I told some folks here last week, I, I, I had heard tell, and, I, and it was truth because the person was telling me that did it, said that he got mad because they was visiting a church, looking at it to join, and he, and he took the time to have a little children's church and let the kids sing, and he told them a Bible story. They got mad and left. Let me tell you something about those crowds. They was the Pharisees. They didn't want kids in the service. And we've grown up, we raised a generation and generation back. They didn't want no kids in the service. They didn't want to hear no lambs during the service. Let me tell you something. Kids are like little goats. They're like little lambs. They're, they, they just, they're all the time moving. They're all the time making little noises. That's what they do. And when you don't hear them, the flock ain't going to live long. That's right. You got to have them. And that's one of the people groups that show back up when the Lord cleanses and gets rid of that other crowd as the little lambs come back in, the children. And they said, Jesus, and he said unto them, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. That's right children have no guile they, they don't know how to be deceptive they're just real what you see is what you get they're not putting on a show they're not selling nothing they're not buying nothing they don't have no 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 underlying agenda they just want to be involved amen that's a good thing now let's read one more verse verse and he says and he left them and he went out of the city into bethany and he lodged there let us pray our gracious father we come we thank you now lord we love you Help us today. We know it's raining outside. We, we know that it's flooding. There's folks that couldn't get here because of, of, of flooding and water. And Lord, we want you to bless them in a special way. Keep people safe today. Bless me as I try to preach the word. Let the Holy Spirit reign supreme in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, there'll be folks tuning in. Make sure that that mic and stuff, everything's working good. Uh, good, okay, it's good. They're saying it, it was good, and uh, it's, it's okay. Now, let's get into this. I thought this to be fitting. This is Palm Sunday, and what do we find Jesus doing is resetting or cleansing and setting proper behavior in the house of God. And to my recollection, I know it's been done, just not in my presence, that I've never heard a message on behavior or how to behave in the house of God and I thought man maybe this is the wrong time to preach this in this series but I think it to be very fitting because Jesus right here the week before the crucifixion here he is teaching people how to behave in God's house this time here was right before the crucifixion and, and, and I, again, the Bible says, watch this, because I used this as my text last week, and it was 1 Timothy 3, verses 14 and 15. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto the, thee shortly. He says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church, of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. And that we sprung board off of that last week on church is essential, church is necessary. It's the ground and the pillar of truth. But no other time that I've ever seen that people are making a mockery out of the house of God. It has nothing to do with Christ, everything to do with entertainment and programs, people selling, people buying. And this is how the Lord feels about it. He doesn't like it. Now we're talking about the right behavior. We expect our children to behave, don't we? 
I mean, uh, uh, here's some things that we consider bad behavior when they don't mind. We consider that bad behavior when they don't listen. When we try to tell them what to do and they won't do it when they won't listen. When they talk back. When they fight with their brothers and sisters. We consider that bad behavior. How about when they won't eat? They don't want to eat what you fix. They don't want to eat nothing good for them. When they want to play hooky from school. That's a big one. How about when they complain all the time? That we consider that bad behavior. When they try to tell their parents what to do. How about when they throw that little fit at Walmart? We would consider all of that inappropriate or bad behavior. And I've come to learn uh, dealing with church people and Baptists. Let's talk about Baptists. Let's pick on them. Baptists, grown Baptists, a lot of them want to act like children in God's house. Number one, they don't want to mind. Number two, they don't want to listen. Uh, it's important that when it comes to, to the preaching time and when it's God's time, church is divided into three things. Talk, talk, talk. The talk, the first talk is prayer, prayer requests. Then the second talk is we send our praises to God. But then this third time, this is where the, 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 the preaching of the Word of God and God has commanded us. God said He chose preaching. And Baptists... They, don't, they want to play hooky from church when it's church time. They're like little kids. They want to complain. They want to tell the pastor what to do. The same things we'd spank our children for are the same things church members do. And it looks like the Lord had to deal with the same kind of things. And let's look at how the Lord handled this. There is a proper behavior in the house of God. The house of God in God's time, this is not a time to make a mock out of God's time. This is not a time to be playing and looking at your phone, to be looking around, doing whatever you want to do. This is God's time. And the Lord takes it very seriously. And here's why. There are other people in the service besides you that need to get some help and you do not need to be a distraction from people that's trying to get a little help. And like I told the Sunday school class, there ain't nothing like the devil to want to come in and try to hurt people or try to keep people from getting some help. Church time. What's the wrong behavior in the house of God? And right here, the first people that he begins to cleanse out of the house of God and says is a problem in God's house is the people that are the sellers. He had sellers. Now, sometimes pastors, they have rules in their church where they don't want people to sell anything inside the sanctuary. I'm not quite that strict. If you're selling candy bars, I'm probably going to buy one and I'll buy it right in the sanctuary. Now, we do have people when they come, they're selling their CDs, that they'll set them up out there in the hallway there. And that's all okay. I'm fine. But there's something a little deeper going on here than just to somebody selling, trying to make some merchandise. That's what they were doing here. But this seller is a person that is a promoter. They're coming to church, and the only reason they're coming to church is to make a profit. They're coming to make a profit. They don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about God. And this group of people here, they were coming to make a profit. They were using God's house to promote themselves. 
They think that gain is godliness. And the Bible tells us that gain is not godliness. They're stealing time. God called them thieves. And you've heard me say that. When somebody or something begins to distract from the preaching time and the praying time, it's thievery. And I've had problems in the past. People want to play on their cell phones during the service time. And I'm telling you, that's a thief. They're promoting, they're selling, they're wanting to steal the attention so that God cannot deal with the hearts of people that need some help. The sellers, they're stealing. God called them thieves here. Their only interest in people is to make a dime off of them. And I'm deaf on this stuff. I'm deaf on these singers running around here. They're never in a church service. They're never in their own local church. They don't want to join a church, but they come in to promote themselves, to sell their CDs, and the only thing they can think of is how to make a buck off of you. I'm against that. I didn't say all singers are bad. I'm just saying, I've been in this thing long enough to know how the snow blows on this thing. There's preachers that are like that too. They travel all over this land. They're never in a church. They're never in a home church. They're not going to help their home church. All they are is a member in name only. You can't ever find them. They're never accountable. And all they're there to do is to make a buck. What they call is a love offering. That's a seller. He don't care. There's actually preachers that will not come and evangelist and preach in your church if they know your church only has about 30 people in it. I've not said a lot about it, but I've run into that problem. Because that's one of the questions they'll ask me in the course of that conversation. Well, brother, you know, you got a big church, small church? No, I've just got a few people. got a great big building. Next thing I know, brother, I'm just booked. I'm scheduled. I can't help you, brother. You know what that is? That's a seller. He's just there to make merchandise off the people. There's some of these singing groups. They won't even come into your church unless they're guaranteed a certain amount. They say, uh, some of these big southern gospel groups, they won't come unless you pay them a guaranteed $10,000 up front. Some it's 6,000. See, this is the stuff you all don't know about on the other seats. We have these big singing groups in because it draws big crowds, and they're there making money off of it. It's wrong. They're there for the wrong reason. Now, I believe in taking care of the man of God, and I have a rule here. I don't want to pay singers more than I'd pay a preacher because the Bible says he chose preaching. I love singing. I love singers. But I'll tell you what, I don't like it when they're there to sell something. They're there to perform something. They're not there presenting. It's not a ministry. It's a business. And God run that crowd out. They're promoters. And it's wicked. Boy, I can tell I'm going to be popular now. <laughs> but then we find this next group, the buyers. The buyers. The only reason they're coming to church is to buy something. Now, 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 this, hear me out. Those are the auditors. One of the, here, here's a, Here's a big rule in sales. Buy cheap, sell high. That's a cardinal rule in sales. Buy cheap, sell high. 
you don't buy something unless you can sell it for a lot more money than you just gave for it. And buyers and sellers, God calls them all the same. They're all a bunch of thieves. And the point is, these guys are auditors. They're coming in to audit. You've heard me use that phrase. People are auditing. They come in to visit your church, or they come in and they're auditors. They're like, well, and you see them, they'll sit back there with their arms folded, and they're just looking at everything. They're very judgmental. They come to buy cheap so they can sell high. They want something for nothing. Uh, the pastors and preachers and I were talking about this Thursday night after the meeting. By the way, Brother Joe Arthur did a great job there. And we were talking about this. There was two things we talked about uh, after that in passing. One, every one of those men's, their church has a revolving door in the back because people ain't going to stick around when they know you're going to do it God's way. Number two, people want a ready-made church. They come in, and you can always tell an auditor when he says, what's here for my kids and me? Oh, like we can have all kinds of things. If you just show up, they don't want to put the work into it. They want it already made and already up and running so they can come in and they can buy cheap, cheap babysitting fee, and then sell it high. Like, I go down to that church. They got a lot of programs. They got a lot of stuff. And they slide in the back, take advantage and enjoy the service and enjoy what others are working hard to do and then they leave. They're auditors. They, they are not going to become a member in your church. They don't want to be a member. They don't believe in membership. But they want members' benefits. Don't they? They invest a little, but they demand a lot. They'll put a couple bucks in the plates but they'll demand the best food, the best entertainment, and the best venues. Oh, I'm telling you, I've seen them. Right in here, I just ain't said nothing about it. I'm about 51 now, I'm going to start calling it out. I'm about tired of fooling with Egypt's land. Look, uh, the Lord cleansed the temple from the sellers and the buyers. And what he's saying is you can't do nothing with those people. They're taking up space in the house of God. They're stealing the attention from God. They're there auditing. They're not there to learn. They're not there to listen to the preacher. They're not there to help and minister to other people's needs. You know, it's not just you that had a bad week. There could be other people that's had bad weeks. Matter of fact, some of y'all deal with things that I don't understand. I've never had to deal with. You don't say a whole lot about it. What about the people that you do say something about? That people need to come together to minister. That's what a church is about. To render aid to another. And that's what this church body is about. We're to render aid to one another. Uh, sometimes we have bad weeks. Sometimes I'll have one. Sometimes you might have one. But it's kind of nice to come together and say, man, I'm having a bad week. And to have your brother and sister in Christ say, I want to pray for you. Is there anything I can do for you? I've been there. It'll get better. It's just a storm for a little while. But God's got this. But an auditor... They have a bad attitude, they got a bad tempers, and they have a judgmental spirit. 
And what did the Lord do to them on Palm Sunday? He run them out. Matter of fact, he made a whip, not here, but he's done this twice. He cleans the temple out. The first time he made a whip and turned the tables over and kicked them out. I've never had to do that, but people have called and, 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 and said that I was mean. Let me tell you, I think the God has set the bar. As long as I'm not turning tables over and driving you out with a whip, I'm being pretty calm, ain't I? But I don't want a bunch of nonsense in God's house. Thank God we don't have that. We don't have a bunch of nonsense. We, the auditors don't stick around when you begin to expose them. And there ain't nothing like the lovely Lord Jesus Christ to expose an auditor. That's somebody who's going to audit everything. They're the, they're, they're the Monday morning quarterbacks. You know the kind. They always critique every little thing you say or do. But they're not going to be part of a solution. But then there's this third people group. The money changers. Oh, these people were exchanging money because the temple there would only accept one kind of money because it was kosher. And so they was running them a money changing racket. These I call the power brokers. These are the power brokers. And what I mean by that is they leverage their money and influence for power. That's it. The only reason they're involved is they seize on an opportunity to run something or control something or to disrupt something. They want to leverage their money. They're going to put their influence toward the side that gives them the best return. It's not about right and wrong with them. It's about who they think's going to win in a power struggle in the church, in the house of God. And they're going to put their money and influence behind that. That's nothing but the things of the devil. And God had a belly full of it right on Palm Sunday. And he run them out. He cleansed them out. Oh, this group. And I've learned the hard way. And maybe preachers, if you listen to my voice, I've learned the hard way. You will not do nothing with those three groups of people. You won't do nothing with the group that's a seller. You won't, that's their promoters. You'll never do nothing with the group that's an auditor. And you will not ever do nothing with the power brokers. They're just not going to do it. They don't recognize that the pastor is the under-shepherd. They don't care about biblical authority. They don't care about God's government. They don't care about God's preaching. They're there for entertainment. And we got too many preachers today running after and chasing those three kinds of people group to try to build the church because they're making merchandise out of them. That's how they're keeping the bills paid. And I'm telling you... Jesus didn't run after them. Jesus didn't go and get down on his knees and beg them back and say, Oh, please, come on back. I'm sorry I was so offensive. No, the, the Lord moved right in and said, Look, this is God's time. This is God's house. And this is the time for prayer. What is the right behavior in the house of God? I believe we can find it right here in this text. Number one. In verse 13, he says, it's a place of prayer. 
That's Bible. In our Sunday school class, we were teaching about the power of prayer. And one of the things that you should always be able to do in the house of God is pray. It's a house of prayer. Brother Doug made a statement. He says these altars are always open. And I will make the same statement. These altars are always open. The Holy Spirit tells you, get up here and lay it on the altar. I don't care if we're in the song service. I don't care if we're preaching. The Holy Spirit of God gets a hold of your heart. Don't you put him off. These altars are always open. That's what the house of God is for, is to be a house of prayer. But then he says in verse 16, it's a place of praise. He says it's a place of praise, and he says these children... And I find it ironic that your power brokers, your sellers and your promoters, your auditors and your buyers, they never want kids in the auditorium. And they never want people to clap in the service. Oh, I'm just going to get on it. You might as well say amen and have a good time because I know what I'm talking about. I'm tired of that mess. I'm tired of that crowd. And just if you like that and you done left your church, don't come here, honey, because we're about praising the Lord. You want to wave your hand in the service? You do so. You want to shout? You want to say amen? Amen. This is the house of praise. That's what it's about. Praise God. Even let the children praise the Lord. Let them get involved. No, they're not going to do it perfect. It's not about that. It's about lifting up the lovely name of Christ. But it's also a place of preaching. Verse 13, the Lord opened the scriptures. He says, it's written. He showed them right here. And he began to preach them a message on prayer and what God's house is to be about. So there was some preaching in there. That's the right kind of behavior. And anybody and anything and any devil that wants to disrupt that, there's a problem with it. And it needs to be exposed. But then it's the price of healing. Look with me here, verse 14. Now when he got the power brokers out and he got the sellers out, you know, the promoters, and he got the auditors out, which is the buyers, it would made some room for people that needed some help. And it was the blind and the lame. And they came to him in the temple and he healed them. Oh, that's the right kind of people. The blind and the lame. These other people were taking up space and keeping the blind and the lame and the people that needed some help from coming in. They were taking up that space and there was no space for people that actually needed help. What a shame. It's a shame that our churches are filled with money changers. It's a shame that our church is filled with power brokers and auditors. And there's not enough room for the blind and for the lame. There's not enough room for the people that need God to minister to them. Look with me, this Bible. He tells us that Jesus came to those that need a physician. Amen. You know, I've heard people in my life complain when they have to go to the doctor or the hospital and their complaint is I don't like going I don't like being around there because there's sick people there and it's like 
You know what? That's who's supposed to be in a hospital. Now I'm going somewhere with this. I've also heard those same people say, I don't want to go down there to that junk churches. It's full of hypocrites. It's full. So-and-so 35 years ago lied to me. I know it. Well, yeah, but it don't stop you to filling up your gas tank with a bunch of hypocrites down there at the gas station, does it? It doesn't stop you from going through Bojangles, you know I was going to say that, and getting one of them chicken biscuits with the hypocrites in there making your food. It doesn't stop you from going to Walmarts with the hypocrites. Why can't you come on down to the church house and just have church with all of us hypocrites? Let me tell you the right kind of people that God said supposed to be in the house of God. And I believe I have that crew in here this morning. And this is the crew. And I want you to know this. This is what your Bible says. It is written. I'm going to say it how Jesus says it. It is written in Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Spirit... This is the Lord talking. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach. There it is preaching. Jesus didn't come singing with the Gaither vocal band. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? He come preaching. John the Baptist was his friend. Oh boy. And he says, God's anointed me to preach the gospel. Here's your people group. Let's see if you fit in one of these categories. The poor. Oh, that got me. I'm there. <laughs> I'm poor. <laughs> poor. You're poor too. I know it. <laughs> All of you. You're the right people group. You said, preacher, I don't have two nickels. I've heard people say, I can't go to church. I don't have no money. Amen. That's right where you need to be. The poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You ever been brokenhearted? Ever been beat up by life? Church is your place. How about deliverance to the captives? That's people that's been in chains of addiction and they're struggling and they think they got it whipped and then two weeks later they fall down with an addiction. You say, I don't want to go down to church. I'm embarrassed. Hey, church is for you. The captives. People get this bright idea when they get saved. Everything just magically appears. And they don't ever have any problems in life. I got news for you. You're going to have twice as many problems saved as you did lost. Because you got twice the enemies. Now the devil's your enemy. And he's going to look and do his best to put you into bondage to some addiction. To some problem. People, they get to dealing with sin or they begin to have a problem in their life and they, they want to run from God like Adam did and hide in the garden. God's saying, That's, the house of God is where you're supposed to be at. It's for you. How about the recovering of sight to the blind? I think that applies physically. But it also applies spiritually. You say, preacher, sometimes when you teach and preach, it's just way over my head. I'm not really getting a whole lot. Stick around. Church is for you. God will give you something. And what little bit he gives you, you can use that and grow on that. If you won't bull up 
and become judgmental and become an auditor. Don't let the devil make you an auditor this morning. He wants to sift you. We're in a spiritual warfare. Don't let the devil make you a promoter, a seller, or a buyer. And don't ever think that the church can do it without you. God gets somebody else. God's had to remind me of that a couple of times. But if you're blind, I just don't know a whole lot about the Bible. Church is your place. You say, oh, well, preacher, there's one more people group. That God says, come into the house when he got rid of that other crowd, the bruised. You've been hurt in life. You've been beat up a little bit. I've been beat up some these last nine years and bruised around. And I guarantee you have to just if you get out in public and mention my name and say, what church you go to? That people are like, mm, really? People know me in this town. I don't know them. They know me. They recognize my voice. I can see it on their faces when I walk by. Every once in a while, somebody will say, hey, you're that preacher. I know you. I wanted to meet you. I used to listen to you on the radio. What happened? I said, we're, we're on Sermons Audio, praise God. Uh, church doors are still open. Come on down there if you like me so well. <laughs> what I'm saying is I think everyone in here this, this morning is, is, is one of these people groups. Have you seen how God has cleansed the house these nine years, and I don't want you, if you're poor, you say, I don't have a lot of money. Preacher, I know it takes a lot of money. Look, poor, poor, poor. Church is your place. How about brokenhearted? Man, Lord, I, you know, preacher, I've had my heart broken. There's things that I thought that I'd get to do in my life. There's things that I thought I'd be at a different level, and I'm not there. I'm brokenhearted. Why did God do, hey, that's real. Church is your place. Preacher, I'm fighting an addiction. i got a problem. I don't want everybody to know it. Amen. But we'll pray with you with it. We'll preach. The Holy Spirit will talk with me. He'll give me a message. I don't know who this needs this, but I'm telling you, God put it on my heart, and I'm going to preach it. I'm going to preach it with some authority because this is what Jesus did on Palm Sunday. So, Lord, why would you want me preaching this message this morning? Lord said, because I did one Palm Sunday. <laughs> oh, Lord, people don't like that stuff. We got a big live stream audience now. I'm lying. <laughs> there's people that watch that, and there's people that I don't know. They're watching because it comes back. There's some folks that I've known years ago. He says, preacher, we put you on the big screen every Sunday. In the house. Really? How do I look? I'm trying to lose a little weight. Well, we ain't watching because we like how you look. <laughs> Amen. You're poor. Maybe you're captive. You're the blind. You don't know a whole lot. You're not real smart. You, you just, you can't see. Th it's okay. God says, that's who you're going to build the church on. Oh, I thought that was good. If you fit one of those categories, church is your place. God don't have no room in his house for the sellers and the buyers. 
and the money changers. You know why? They're never going to do nothing. They're, never, they're not there to further the kingdom of God. They're there for selfish reasons. There's some people that won't come here because I won't let them run the show. They won't. And so they, they don't like, they like me, they like you, but I ain't going to let them run the show here. And they don't like that. You know what that is? That's a power broker. I know exactly what it is. This preacher ain't as dumb as he looks. I know I look a little dumb. I look a little special. But I assure you, I ain't that dumb. Especially when I spend time in the Word of God and prayer and the Holy Spirit of God starts speaking to my heart, says, this is right what you need. And I'm sitting here trying to think, Lord, I don't need this. I don't need to preach that. Like last week's message, church is necessary. Why am I preaching this? I should be preaching on a journey with Jesus. And the Lord said, you are, son, you are. Said, I started the church in about Matthew 16 there. Now you're preaching on Palm Sunday. What do I preach? Next week you can preach on the resurrection. And then the fourth week you can get on growing in grace. Amen. I don't know why, but I assure you that's how the Holy Spirit leading me. Somebody needs it. Somebody needs help. But church, and this place here was about people that needed help. So I need some help. Amen. Stick around. Hang around with this. We'll try to encourage you. As my pastor said, we'll treat you so many ways, different ways, you're bound to like one of them. Let's all stand this morning.